Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. I love coming to Oasis. Um, I feel like you guys are family. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is David. I'm one of the pastors at Chicago Tabernacle uh, Church right down the road. And um, Pastor JP was actually just recently preaching at our church. And, um, and we always love it. Um, Pastor JP and Rachel are dear friends of mine and you guys are blessed. You guys know that, right? You guys are blessed. You have amazing pastors. You have amazing leadership. Come on, give it up for the team that's made everything happen today. You've got some really amazing people. Um, so I, I just love to be here. My wife, I have, uh, I'm married and I have three kids and my wife has one in the oven. So we are, yeah, so we're really excited, um, and um, my, my oldest is 11, my middle child is 10, and then I have an eight-year-old, and yes, my wife is pregnant. So if you're wondering if that was on purpose, um, it, it was God's plan, <laughs> and we're so happy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, so good to be with you guys. I just love being here. You know, if you're, if you're kind of wondering, you're like, man, these people sing for a long time if you're new here. I just want you to know why. Because the Bible says that those who have been forgiven much love much. And because Jesus has forgiven us of so much, because he's done so much for us, we just, we just can't stop singing to him. Honestly, if, if you guys weren't here, I would have just kept going. I mean, well, then, of course, because I wouldn't have had to preach to anyone. But I, I love to sing to the Lord. I love to worship. And you guys, this house has such an anointing for worship on it. So I just love being here. Well, today, I, I want to talk to you um, about soil. I'm not a farmer, um, I, I'm, I, I can't even actually keep houseplants alive. I love plants, though. I, 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 have, uh, I have plants that, that I love. Uh, I, in my office, I keep multiple plants. They bring life and vitality, and they bring uh, oxygen and all sorts of different things. And they're, they're beautiful. They're colorful. And I, I think that there's just something, there's life that comes off of them. So I just love plants. I love, I love having plants around. The problem is, is that I'm, I, I can't keep them alive. I, in fact, I've got a picture, one of my, one of my plants in my office. I took a picture for you guys. That's, that, that was a fiddle leaf. Um, it's struggling. That's, this is, a, this is what they call, I did not name this plant, but this plant is called a mother-in-law tongue, okay? Um, that's the name of this plant, and 
it's also supposed to be straight. It's supposed to be straight up. That's the, that's the way that God created it. But today it's, it's struggling. I, I try to do what I can. I put water in when I notice that the soil is dry. I, um, well, that's pretty much all I know to do. So I, but I do, I do that. And for whatever reason it is, these plants just don't stay alive. I can't, I can't keep them alive. If a plant comes into my office, it dies. And so my wife, uh, she used to have the same reputation. She used to like kill lots of plants. She would, she would bring them in from, she would buy plants. And I said, Hey, um, first of all, that's not in the budget. Second of all, it's going to die. So you're basically just bringing things in. This is a plant graveyard. This is, so we need to stop. And, but eventually she says no, and she's, she has more faith than me. And so she would bring these plants in, and she learned how to take care of these plants. Now my wife went nuts, and now we have a compost pile in our backyard. Does anybody know what a compost pile is? Yeah, I didn't either. So it's basically you take all your trash that is organic, I don't even know. It's like fruit and vegetables and coffee grinds, anything that's natural. So you like, you wouldn't put like plastic in there, but you'd put the good stuff, the no meat, no oils, but the, like the plants, you put it back into a pile and this pile uh, degrades and then you put leaves in it and then eventually it turns into really good soil. So there you go. If you didn't know that, you could try it at home. You should probably read online though because my description was not very helpful. But my wife, she's learned how to do all this stuff. So now I can't even throw an orange peel in the garbage. My house is different now, except when the plants come into my room. And you know, Jesus talks actually, we're gonna look at a passage here in Mark chapter four. He talks about soil. And what I've learned is that soil actually is one of the, key components in having healthy plants. Perhaps you knew this already. But when you have good soil, the plant has nutrients to survive. When you have good soil, the plant has an environment that it's able to live. And so if you were to look at my plants, the fiddle leaf was actually living. My wife, that big fiddle leaf, um, my wife took that, she just cut a a, a stick, literally a stick off and put it in water, it sprouted and then she put it in soil and it grew to, to that. And then she gave it to me. And I put it in, in a pot and apparently what, what I found out from my wife is that the pot that I put it in, it didn't breathe enough. I don't understand all these things but it killed the soil first, not the plant. The plant died because the soil died. And if you look at the mother-in-law tongue, the one that's supposed to be real long, that died because it didn't have enough soil. The weight of the plant actually tipped over and it didn't have enough soil to live. So why, why am I talking to you about plants so much? Because Jesus compares our hearts to soil. And Every time that I used to read the passage that I'm about to read to you, I used to think that it only applied to people that believed in Jesus and then people that didn't believe in Jesus. 
But actually, I've come to, to, to discover that this passage is not just talking to someone that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. This passage is teaching all of us about having a continually receptive heart. So you're probably wondering, well, what passage? That's a great question. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Before we read that, I just want you to understand something. You can come to church, you can read your Bible, you can go to prayer meetings, you can listen to worship on the way to work, you can do all of those things and still be dry. Have you noticed that? You ever had that happen? I, I know in my life there's times where I, I just feel like, man, I, I read my Bible and it's like dead. I, I just, I'm not getting anything from it. I, I can't hear anything. God's not speaking to me. The, 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 the heavens are brass right now and I just can't get through. And, and there's times in life where, where that happens. But, but here's what I found. Sometimes God will do that because he wants you to be hungry, to press in a little bit farther. But what I found is also sometimes God is waiting for us to receive what he's already given. You can go through a long season of, of trying to do all of the church things, trying to do all the Christian stuff, but you don't get the nutrients because the soil is not good. So what makes good soil? What makes good soil is a receptive heart. What does this look like? Here's what I want to tell you. When the word of God lands on your heart, receive it and apply it. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, apply it. Okay, turn to your other neighbor and say it like you mean it. Say, apply it. <laughs> you know, it's a, funny, it's a funny thing. This is a pretty straightforward message. When you receive instruction, have you noticed if you don't do it, it doesn't work? As deep. If you don't do it, it doesn't work. The, the key to understanding and having a vibrant walk with Jesus is doing what he says. Not just hearing with our ears, not just listening to a sermon, not practicing the, the going through the motions of church life and, and, and being a good person. It is receiving the word at a deep place and putting it into practice. Mark chapter four, verse one, Jesus says, or excuse me, the, the scripture says, we're going to get into what Jesus says. It says, again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen. It's a good word. Listen. 
Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Who wants a hundredfold harvest in your life? And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, the words you apply determine the fruit you bear. The words you apply determine the fruit you bear. In America, we are over uh, saturated with seed. There is so much available to all of us. My sister, uh, she went on a, on a trip. She went to China, and she was preaching in China. And she said that what would happen is she would, she would stand, and there would be hundreds of people uh, in these little rooms that she would meet with in different spaces, and they would all come hungry. And she would teach for an hour and a half. She's pretty long-winded. And she would teach for an hour and a half, and then they would come up to her, and they would say, okay, what do you have next? Like right there and then. They're like, okay, bathroom break. Okay, next. Because they didn't have their own Bibles. So the only time that they got to hear the word of God was when it was preached. And, and a lot of them, they, they said, you know, Americans, they just don't preach for long enough. They don't have enough uh, material. And so my sister said, I, I preached pretty much everything that I had prepared, and, and, you know, in the first two sessions. And then I just said, oh, okay, well, let's just open up the Bible. Let's just keep going. And she's just preaching as she's reading. In America, though, we don't have that problem because there's seed everywhere. You turn on the radio, you get something. You, you open up your Bible that you have 15 of in your house or your phone, and, and you just, you have it everywhere. You go to church, you can listen to a sermon on YouTube, you get a, wherever it is, social media, you got someone preaching at you, everywhere. You have seed everywhere. But the question is not, do you have seed? The question is not, is God speaking? God is speaking for sure. The question is, what kind of soil is it landing on? That's the question. And so for us, we have to be able to say, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to push off um, my responsibility. I am responsible for the kind of soil I become. You are responsible for the kind of soil you become. And so in this text, what Jesus does is he gives us some descriptions. And listen, be careful. Don't read the Bible and say that it applies to someone else. I, 
I'll be honest, I've read through this passage so many times and I always used to think, well, this is about preaching the gospel and this is the kind of people that reject the gospel. And I think that it does apply to that. But what I haven't realized is that this applies to me every week. That, that this passage is actually talking about my heart. So what do we need to do? Listen, let's look at the warnings that actually the Bible opens up for us. This is beautiful because Jesus is giving us a, a description of what it looks like to have not good soil. So we're going to go from the not good soil and then we're going to look at the good soil. So what are some pitfalls from the word bearing fruit? We all want to bear fruit, right? What does it look like to bear fruit, by the way, before we move on? What do you guys think? I want to tell you because, you know, I, it might get a little confusing if you start raising your hand, but bearing fruit... It looks like doing the things that Jesus did. It looks like coming to someone and saying, hey, I love you. I care about you. It looks like you going into your workspace and the people around you saying, I love it when you come to work. Do the people you work with say that? <laughs> Do they say that? I hope so, right? I hope that when you go to work, everyone's like, man, I love it. I'm so glad that they're here. Because they do good work. And not just because they do good work, but because they're kind. Because they're patient. You know, everybody else always losing their temper and complaining, but when they come, they don't, they're not complaining. They're actually, they actually have joy. That's what it looks like to bear fruit. Fruit is recognizable by anyone. Anyone can look at fruit and they can say, yeah, that's, this is something that is supernatural from your life. Have you ever been around those people that they just like emanate joy? You, you get around them, you just want to be around them. You're not even sure why. You, they don't even have to say anything. You're just like, can I just be your friend? Can I hang out with you? Like when you're going somewhere like to do your laundry, can you like call me and I'll go to the laundromat with you? Like whatever. It doesn't matter because you're just like, I, I just like being around them. If God is in us, then the fruit of our life should smell it should look, it should feel like Jesus. Jesus did some amazing things. And you know, I want to just, even beyond just being like a really kind and nice person, Jesus did supernatural things. Jesus healed the sick. He raised the dead. He told people about what was going on in their hearts. The secrets of their heart, he, he told them. Jesus, he, he changed the course of people's life. He changed all of human history. And, and Jesus has given us an opportunity to partake in that, to be a part of that changing process, to bring about fruit in other people's lives, to believe and to say, wow, God, you're going to do something through me that goes beyond what I'm capable of. Because you know what? I've met a lot of really nice people that are nicer than most Christians I know. We all know that, right? It's not good, but it's true. I've met a lot of really great people that are doing a lot of really good things. But being a great person is good, but it doesn't bring the dead to life. Being a good person is, is fantastic, but it doesn't heal someone's emotional pain. We have to say, God... I want to see you do more. 
And until we see it, we have to keep believing for it. That's such a good word, Pastor David. I fully agree with that. Okay. Pitfalls from the word bearing fruit. What's the first one? It's the hard path. The hard path. This is the heart that is stubborn and rebellious. This is, you know, when you walk on a path, the, the dirt gets compacted. And because so many people have walked on it and they've pressed it down, there's no, there's, there's no space in between. There's no breathing room. And so when a seed falls on this compacted soil, it can't penetrate because it's hard. It's hard ground. It's dry. The nutrients are gone. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying when, when seed falls on this kind of soil, what happens is it's hard. So why don't we look at how Jesus actually describes these, uh, these different types of soil. Let's look at this. Okay, so we read down to verse 9. I want you to read verse 10. And when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables and said to him, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. I, I wish I had time to really explore what Jesus is saying there, but suffice to say this, Jesus is not hiding things from people because he doesn't want them to know. He's hiding things from people because he wants them to be hungry. Jesus doesn't cover things because he doesn't want you to find out. He covers things because he wants to test the purity of your heart and allow you to go through the process so that when you get to that truth, you are able to steward it. So, verse 13, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Interesting that Jesus was constantly looking at his disciples saying, you should understand what I'm saying. Why? Because he's, he's speaking to the soil. He's saying this soil should be able to comprehend these spiritual truths because you have the spirit inside of you. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. So this is the hard path. Satan comes and he steals the word from those that might be able to hear it. You know, the Bible talks about when we, we've all been given a conscience. There's, there's a sense of right and wrong inside of us. And the Holy Spirit, for those of us who are believers, lives inside of us. And so that's magnified to a, to a greater extent where now we are even able to understand the heart and know the mind of God. And so when something is right or when something is wrong, we know it. And so what Jesus is saying is, you know, there are times when a heart becomes so hard that no matter what falls on them, no matter how much, how loud God is talking, that seed falls and it just gets picked up by the devil. But why? Because a rebellious heart 
pushes away the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It pushes away the word of God and it doesn't allow it to penetrate. What does this look like? Maybe there's strongholds of sin in your life. Areas that you're like, I know it's wrong, but come on. Really? Like all that? I did all of this, now I gotta get rid of that. Like, is it really that big a deal? It's a stronghold. Maybe, maybe there's like political views in your mind and in your heart that when you read the Bible, you're like, wait a second, that doesn't line up with what the Bible says. But because you're like this way or that way, you like won't let go of it. It's a stronghold. I had a friend in, in Bible school and um, he was always, he, he was a believer, but he was always uh, seeing how far he could go before it counted as sin. And so whenever people would talk to him, they're like, hey man, are you sure you should be doing that? And he's like, what? The Bible doesn't say that I can't do this. It's like, okay. Hey, are you sure you should be like over there? Like, don't you think that that's like probably not the wisest place for you to be? Hey man, what? I'm like, what? Jesus was always hanging out in places like this. Yeah, but I think he was doing different stuff than you are in those places. He was always on the edge. He was always trying to push the limits. And you know what happened? I remember I was talking to him, and as I was, I remember I, 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 after college, I just so happened to see him in a Barnes and Noble, so random. And he was reading these books, and I remember I looked at the books that he was reading, and I was like, they were like, not, not the, the best book, let's put it that way. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I like to read this because I want to know what the world is thinking. I want to know what the world, what's going on in the world. And I was like, all right. I'm pretty clear on what's going on in the world. It hasn't changed for thousands of years. I don't need revelation on what's happening in the world. I need revelation on what's happening in my heart, in my life, in the word of God. That's what I need revelation on. He ended up turning away from the faith, which, by the way, rebellion always leads you that way. Because if you harden your heart against the conviction of the Holy Spirit, it's only a matter of time before you turn your back on the Holy Spirit, before you say, I don't want it at all. But I trust that that's not any of us here today. So let's just make sure that we're guarding against that heart because we can all be there in moments. What's the next thing? Look at what Jesus says about the next part. He says, and these are the ones sown on the rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Rocky ground is shallow fans, not disciples. The, the American church is really good at this one. Shallow fans, not disciples. What do I mean by that? And look, I, I'm not trying to like make anyone feel bad or discourage anyone. And if you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty much what I do. No worries. Because 
God's grace is here. We're all trying to be good soil. Amen? So shallow fans, not disciples, what does it look like? It's not grounded in the word. It's living off of what you feel and what you experience, but not living off of the truth of what the Bible says. You know what else this looks like? It looks like people that they know about what the Bible says, but they don't have their own experience with God. You know, when in the Old Testament, when the men of God would, would have an encounter with him, they would build an altar. They would build a memorial to remember what God did. And, and what I found is that oftentimes we receive the word, but it's just so shallow that we're just like, well, I'll get something else later. And what was in us, what was planted in us ends up dying. And then it has to be replanted a hundred times. And that's why you see people that are perpetually immature in their faith because they don't ever build memorials. They don't ever dig deeper and allow the roots to take a hold of the soil. We don't remove the rocks and the distractions. We don't remove it. I want to encourage you. Know what you believe. You know, I was thinking about that song that we were singing. I believe in God the Father. I'm not going to try to sing. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Right? Why do we believe that? And what does that mean to you? It's nice that we sing that song, but what does that mean to you? What does it mean that, that Jesus is coming back? Does that give you hope for today? Does that give you something to hold on to and say, God, thank you. I know what's coming down the line, and so I'm holding on. And now because I know what's happening in the future, I can live strong today. That's taking the word of God that's putting it in your heart and applying it. It's good to say, I believe in Jesus. It's good to say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, but do you allow the roots to go deep into your spirit? I, you know, sometimes you run into people and they want to tell you about what God did three years ago. And that's really the only thing that they have is what God did three years ago. But I don't want to be like that. I want to be the person that's like, man, this week, you won't believe what God said to me. You won't believe what God did for me. You won't believe what I learned this week because I received the word and, and God is doing something new in me. Don't, listen, I want to tell you this. Maturity in the Lord has nothing to do with time or age. It has to do with reception. Maturity in God has nothing. I've met a lot of really old Christians that are really immature. Maturity is about receiving the word and applying it. It's about taking the word and applying it. Okay, last thing, thorny ground. Look at what the word says. And the others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. 
So what does this look like? This is, what Jesus is saying is that the ones that are sown on the thorns, they're the ones that are distracted and discouraged. Did you know that if you live in a perpetual state of discouragement that you won't receive what God is saying? Okay, so this is an honest moment. This happened to me this morning. I, I had a really hard week. Is it okay for a pastor to have a hard week? I had a hard week. And so this morning I'm talking to another friend of mine and Honestly, I was like making sure that I had all my notes and everything was ready so that when I talk to you, I, I have some semblance of what I'm talking about and it makes sense to you. And, and so I'm kind of like making sure that I have that. And this morning, I was telling my brother, I'm like, yeah, this week has been a little hard, yada, yada, yada. And he then begins to encourage me. And he says, hey, I want to tell you what I read this morning because I think that you need it. And I was kind of like in a hurry. You ever been there before, right? Like someone's like really trying to encourage you and you're like, listen, I ain't got time for that right now. Like you, you got to email me, okay? <laughs> you, I was kind of in that moment. And do you know what happened? I totally blanked. I was thinking about whatever it was that I was doing and he was encouraging me and I'm like, amen, brother. A amen. That's good. I walked away, and guess what I still was? Discouraged. So I'm driving here. <laughs> and I was like, what was that passage? What did he say to me? I couldn't remember. And so I said, well, I guess I just got to encourage myself in the Lord. And so I just started blessing the Lord. And, and hey, I, I got out of it because God is gracious and God is good. But I'll tell you something. If I would have just listened to what he said, it would have penetrated my heart. And I would have been able to experience something real and genuine from the throne of heaven. Because it wasn't about what he was saying. It was about what God was trying to deposit in me. We've got to be aware of when God is speaking. Listen, we live in a distracted world, and so the temptation is for all of us to just be totally immersed in the malay of the world. Just totally immersed and just totally distracted with our phones, with our, with our kids, with our work. There's a lie in this, the thorns of the world. What it is, is it's the distractions. Maybe you've bought into the philosophy. And maybe, maybe as you come, you're like, man, I, I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't really feel like this even makes sense. And sometimes people say to me, you know, I've tried that and it really just doesn't work. And I always say, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong. It does work. And you didn't try it. Because if you did, it would have worked. You have to apply the word in order to be able to see the fruit. But we oftentimes, we buy the philosophy of the world. We say, you know what? My career is what I'm living for. My family and my career. That's what my world revolves around. That's five days a week. That's my, that's my whole, all of my energy, all of my time, it goes towards that. But I, I just, I want to tell you, listen, do a good job at, at your work. Be incredibly successful in whatever that you do, but do it for the glory of God. 
Do it because you love Jesus. There's nothing wrong with, with being having a job and even having a really demanding job, but it can't be the focus of your life. It can't be everything to you. Jesus, he has to be infused into everything. He has to remain the king. If not, we get distracted. We get pulled away. And then we start making decisions that actually hinder us from doing what God has asked us to do. And we don't even know it. And before we realize it, we've, we've amassed things and we have a good career and we've done well, but we're empty. We don't have the sustenance the substance of what Jesus wants to provide us. Maybe you're discouraged. I want to tell you, if you're discouraged, there's hope. The word of God is going to bring you out of discouragement. But here's the deal, and this is what I found. A lot of the times, I'm a pastor, and so a lot of times people will come to me, and they'll, they'll come and they'll say, Pastor, I need to talk to you, and so on and so forth. And, and what I found is that sometimes I'll have the same conversation with someone about four or five times. And it's okay, because people have had that same conversation with me six or seven, so it's okay. But what I notice is that if they would have put into practice the thing that I sold them the first conversation, we wouldn't be having the same conversation on like the fourth or the fifth. You follow me? It's the way that it goes. Okay, so how do we be good soil? Because we need some encouragement here. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. Listen to this. This is so important, guys. If you're wondering why you just don't feel like you're getting anything, if you wonder why your walk with God is becoming dry, listen to this. And he said, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. You might have learned some lessons in God, but you feel like you're going backwards. It's because you have to constantly be moving forward. You have to constantly be taking new steps of faith. Listen, this is the way that it goes, okay? We're almost done here. In fact, if the band can come to make sure that I end. Here's how it goes. You get the word, okay? This is the seed. This is what God plants in our hearts. We get the word, and it can come from someone giving you a prophetic word. It can come from reading your Bible in the morning. It can come from a lot of different things. And then the next step is one of the most critical steps. It's the faith step. They can't see it on the camera. Faith. This is when we take the word and we put it into practice. Listen, I want to tell you something. You all have plenty to do. 
You, listen, if we only had what the revelation that we have right now, if we only had it, it would keep us busy for months. God in his grace, he is so generous. He gives us multiple options on what to choose to apply. There's so many things. What is it in your life? What's the thing in your life that God wants you to apply? Take a step of faith and then guess what happens next? Fresh revelation. This is the cycle of healthy soil. You get the word, you take a step of faith, you put it into practice, and then what happens is God begins to show you more things about that. He begins to open it up for you. I'll never forget, I wanted to see people healed. And I read in my Bible, and I saw people got healed in the Bible. And I didn't see anywhere that it said that that was supposed to stop. And so I said, God, I've never seen anyone healed, but I want to see people healed. So I started to pray for people to get healed. Nobody got healed. Some of them got worse. It was, it was bad. I would pray, and I just kept praying, and I just kept praying. But I, I would take steps of faith. And I just kept taking steps of faith. And the more steps of faith that I would take, I would go back and I'd say, God, how come that didn't work? And what would happen is God would give me revelation. I'd say, well, you know, in the Bible, Isaiah 53, it says that by his stripes we are healed. That means that healing, physical healing, is actually given as a part of salvation. Jesus purchased it on the cross. So if I can have faith that Jesus forgave my sins, I can have faith that he can heal someone. Well, that was a revelation. I got the word. Now that's my anchor. Now I have a new, I have a new foundation stone. I have something to look back at. And so guess what? The next time that I went to pray for someone, I'm like, hey, listen, do you believe that God can forgive you? Yes. Okay, God can heal you. That's the way that it goes. Prayed for them. Still didn't get healed. God, what's going on? Well, you know, when God is in you, he gives you authority. God began to teach me about the authority of the believer. And he says, I told you to go and do it. And so if I gave you a command, that means that you're carrying my authority. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is living inside of you. And Jesus said, go and do what I do. So now, not only is it purchased in salvation, now I have a fresh revelation. You know what? This is something that I can do because Jesus told me. And so I take another step of faith and I pray for people again. And then guess what? People got healed. And then some people didn't. Say, so God, how come... Some people get healed and some people don't. And then he showed me in the word the story of the woman with the issue of blood. This woman came up, she touched the garment, and this is what Jesus said to her. He says, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be healed. He healed her, but then he says, be at peace and be healed. So there's this responsibility that even the person that's being healed has to take with them. And so guess what? Now when I pray for people to be healed, I encourage them to get into the word and I say, hey, listen, if Jesus heals you, then it's done. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You can have peace. 
Because anxiety is an open door for the enemy to come in and sow lies. Can you all stand with me? I know that I, I've talked a lot. I'm sorry, I, I went long, but my wife, she's incredible. And she's so much fun. She's such a good mom. She takes care of, of our, our kids just like, when, when I watch her, I'm just like, man, she's like so good at this. And sometimes what happens is like, she'll be all fun and loving. And then the kids will be like, hey mom, can we have some cake and ice cream? And she'll say, nope, no dessert. Okay, well mom, what if it's just no ice cream, but just a little cake? Nope, no dessert. Okay, well, what if it's no cake, but just a little bit of ice cream? And see, there's this moment, there's this thing that happens. My wife, she'll get Lord of the Rings real fast with our kids. Like she'll like Gladriel, like just like, and all of a sudden like her face changes, she says, I have spoken. <laughs> when she says, I have spoken, the kids are like, oh, okay. They know you better not ask again because what was said is not going to change. Here's what happens, guys. Sometimes we go and we're saying, God, I want you to do something new. I want you to do something new. And Jesus says, I have spoken. It's not on God to produce something inside of you. It's on us to receive the word and take steps of faith. And so I, what I want to just encourage you is maybe you're not seeing the fruit that you want to see in your life. Maybe your workplace is not like bubbling over with joy in, in the Holy Spirit. Maybe the things that you've been praying for, the things that you want to see God do have not happened yet. Can I tell you, don't stress out. Just take the last thing that you remember God saying and apply it really well. If it's just the simplest thing, just take the simplest thing that you know how to do. At least love them. Love somebody. If you want to see God break through in your finances, you, God, I just want to see, start giving. You don't have to keep going. See, what happens is a lot of the times we go here and here and here, 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 here. We're rocky ground. We don't allow the roots to go deep. And so, you know what? The, this happened to me the other day. This is the last thing I promise. I was praying for something and I was like, God, I need you to break through. I need you to break through. And I felt like the Holy Spirit says, hey, have you ever been here before? Well, maybe, maybe once or twice I've been here and I knew what God was saying to me. He's saying, hey, you already have what you need for this. You already have been here. Why are you begging me for this? Let's move on to something else. 
You've already been here. You already know what needs to happen. Why are we talking about this? Put the same faith into practice that you did last time and you're gonna get a fresh revelation and I'm just bringing you through a new thing because I wanna teach you something new so that we can go to a new place and understand a new part of the word so that you can grow, so that you can be complete in who God has called you to be. Come on, can we lift up our hands right now?